Good evening. Ann and I are really happy to be here with you tonight. And I'm going to start with my, the beginning of my personal giving journey. It began when I married my husband, Tom, over 20 years ago. Both of us were believers at the time, but I had never been a consistent giver. Giving is Tom's strongest spiritual gift, but not mine. Tithing was very unnatural to me. And then when he asked me to write checks for giving offerings to missionaries and ministries over the tithe, I was very uncomfortable with that. But I did it out of obedience to him and obedience to God. I had financial goals being a young married woman and thinking of homes and furniture for houses and eventually kids and that tended to be more my focus than how I could impact others for God's glory. And giving really just felt like paying another bill to me. I was the check writer of the family, and he would tell me what to do, and I would write the check. And it really, that was about the extent of it. I just did it again out of obedience. The verse that says, God loves a cheerful giver, it really haunted me because I knew I was giving, but there, was, there wasn't joy in it. The breakthrough for me came when we started serving. One example of this type of serving we did is a local ministry called Higher Impact. They um, serve um, inner city kids and families. They do this something called an Easter basket giveaway. So the day before Easter, we went out to a housing project and handed out Easter baskets, went door to door and um, greeted kids and families, gave them you know, salvation tracts and just told them Jesus was the reason for the season. And when I saw those faces of the kids, and then I saw the founders of the ministry serving with us, and I saw the joy they had and what they were doing, and I thought about the sacrifices they made to do that, um, that really impacted me. And that began that feeling of, these checks that I'm writing really matter. So then, soon after that, as we started serving more, as I would write checks, I did start to have joy. I really felt it starting to come. And I would actually think about the, those faces of the kids and the staff of the ministries that we support. I would even pray for that ministry as I wrote the check and put it in the mail. I would make that my personal little addition just so I was sure that there was joy. I would actually pray for them. So what I found was that serving and giving go hand in hand, and they produce joy. Now my giving was getting to be a little more fun, and I was very thankful for that. But at this point, I still felt pretty in control of our finances, because like I said before, I was the family check writer. So it was very real to me, everything to do with our money. Tom was in the insurance business, and things were going well in his business at this point, very well. And I was uh, manning, managing both his business checking accounts and our personal checking accounts. And just as Todd mentioned, um, at that time, we had pledged this large gift to our church, and we did it, I can say, joyfully. And I was so thankful, again, that I was at the point that I could be with him in this and um, be part of that. But then, again, this attack came on his business. So all of a sudden, all that great feeling I was having and the security turned to insecurity. The control that I thought I had, that we had, turned to completely a feeling of being out of control. Our whole world really just turned upside down. We chose to step out in faith and keep tithing. We chose to keep up with that pledge that we had pledged that may not have seemed sacrificial at the time, but was certainly sacrificial now. 
And again, as Todd said, we also decided we needed to sell what we thought was our dream home because that would help make this giving happen. It was more important than ever that Tom and I were on the same page in our giving. At times, it seemed like we were giving more than what Tom was bringing in because, again, this was during that trial we went through. Tom was even told that there's no way his career would survive this crisis we were going through, and yet we decided to continue giving. The breakthrough in this stage of my giving came when we were doing what the world would call crazy giving. That's when I realized that I completely was not in control anymore. I had no control. That when we were giving to this level, I completely had relinquished that control to God. When most people would think we should have been shaken and fearful, we were actually filled with God's peace. We probably didn't think of it at the time, but what we were really doing is testing God, like it says in Malachi 3. It says that if we test him by giving extravagantly, that he'll watch, watch over us and he will bless us. He was then and he continues to be faithful. We also opened our family giving fund right as the trial ended, which has just been a huge blessing to our family. The final part of my giving story um, is how we've chosen to pass on this love of giving to our kids. We want our kids to be successful in what God calls them to do and the calling on their life, but Tom and I also decided we wanted them to, what 2 Corinthians 8 says, excel at the grace of giving. So when Anna was about four or five, we started sharing this message of serving and giving that I mentioned earlier. And we did the same for our son Thomas when he was about that age. And I decided it would make more sense at that age for them to make it kind of like a game. So we started a family club called the T3 Club. And you can imagine what the three T's stand for, time, talent, and treasure. So we encouraged them through this club to look for ways to help others by using these three things. Some examples of things that we did as a family to um, act this out was at times we, you know, one of us would forego maybe birthday gifts and instead think of a ministry in need and have people give to that. We would do walks for a cause, visit nursing homes together. One of the kids' favorite giving opportunities was at Christmas when the World Vision catalog would come, they would gather their little allowance money go off in a room and then mark off what they could do. <laughs> Sorry. Our son Thomas um, has also been part of um, sponsoring a child through Compassion. And this little boy's name is Bashiri, and he's from Tanzania. And they exchange letters and pictures, and we hope someday to go to Tanzania and visit him and get to meet him. At Christmas, we collect pictures from the year of, of ways we've been able to serve. We've really enjoyed going back and looking at these, especially now we have some more than 10 years old. We put them in a box we call our Jesus box because we're reminded at Christmas who we really should be giving to. Then in 2008, we were asked to go on a missions trip to Haiti with an organization called the Global Orphan Project. Our hearts were so full of gratitude for what God had brought us through 
that we quickly said yes. We decided to bring our daughter Anna with us, even though she was only 11 at the time. We had watched her serve others in our area and felt that she was ready for a trip like this. And I'd like for Anna to share from here. So as my mom said, I grew up um, serving and giving, and it, it was fun as a family. So when my parents asked me if I wanted to go on a missions trip to Haiti to play with orphans and visit orphanages, I thought it sounded like a neat idea. When we were in Haiti, I was struck by the poverty and just, it was so different than, than home. And I looked around and the streets were dirty and muddy. There was trash everywhere. Um, the buildings, they were, they looked unfinished and there were huts outside of town. Moms were washing their clothes in dirty rivers with their kids next to them bathing in that same water. I was just overwhelmed by what I was seeing. But what really impacted me was the kids. I had little kids hanging on me, six, seven, or eight of them just giggling and laughing, and they, they loved my hair. They would play with it. and. Um, they, they'd line up just to hold my hand. So I really realized that they just wanted to love and wanted to be loved. We didn't speak the same language, but uh, we definitely connected. I saw their faces and just their smiles, and you could just tell that they had joy in spite of the fact that they had so little to call their own. I also saw that through this orphanage and through the orphanages that they had been given hope. And not only were they given a place to live and they were taken care of, they had food, but they were also getting to go to school and most importantly, learning about Jesus. What also impacted me was the group that we went with. It was I was actually the only child on the group, so I really got to know the adults. And these adults, they just so happened to be the people who were most involved in the founders of the Global Orphan Project, which was the organization that we went with. So as you can imagine, these people really had a passion for the least of these, and that passion was contagious. I could go on and on just telling you about this trip and how um, how life-changing it was for me, but the next part of my story is why I'm here. I got home, and I just couldn't stop thinking about these kids that I saw, and I thought to myself, what can I do? What can I do to help these kids? So I began thinking, well, maybe I could have a bake sale. Then I realized I hate baking. <laughs> so I, I kept thinking, and it, it then occurred to me, I mean, I've been involved in music basically all my life, and I've been playing violin since age five, and I enjoyed singing. I thought maybe I could put together some songs and make a CD, sell it, and maybe build an orphanage. So my goal as a 12-year-old was to raise $5,000 to, 
to build one orphanage in Haiti. Several months later, as we were, I was still kind of developing this idea, talking to my parents. One night I was in bed and I, I was just overcome with emotion thinking about these kids and I pictured their faces and I was just so, I just really was just thinking about them so much. And as I went to bed, all of a sudden God gave me the beginning of a song. So I quickly sat up and grabbed a pen and a post-it note and wrote down the lyrics and made dots going up and down to remind me of the melody so that I wouldn't forget. Over the next few months, God would give me little parts of the song on random nights and it eventually turned into a real song called Heart for Haiti. This, this song was really a confirmation for me that this was what I was supposed to do. The CD took over a year to make and it was very hard. It was, uh, it was a sacrifice. I didn't hang out with friends as much. Over the whole, one whole summer, I went to a recording studio probably over a dozen times to record this. And so it was, it was hard and there were times when I thought, I, I just, I've got to give up, this is too hard. But I would, I would remind myself, well, why? Why am I doing this? Because it was too important for the kids. The CD came out in November of 2009 when I was 13 years old, and I opened my own giving fund with NCF, which was really exciting because this was actually happening. I began performing and just getting the word out about Haiti, and two months later, in January of 2010, the earthquake happened in Haiti. So all this had happened before the earthquake. Then, as you can imagine, people were even more interested now in my project because I was the girl who had been talking about Haiti, and before then it hadn't really, it was kind of off people's radar, but now people really wanted me to share my story. So I did things from speaking to little kids in a youth group to performing violin, in front of a thousand people. Now I am 15 years old and I am so thankful to be able to say that through this project I've raised over $80,000. This will fund four orphanages in Haiti and there will be 40 girls living in these orphanages, and now I'm beginning work on a second CD. Oh, and by the way, I get to see my kids, the orphans, this June. To close, I'd just like to encourage all of you to step out in faith and trust God. Um, God took what little I had to offer, and he made it into something so much bigger than I could have ever imagined. And I can honestly say that when I think about it, nothing brings me greater joy than giving. Thank you.